Hey, Brandon. Hey, Alan. And welcome to Dice Over Everything. So we've been talking really positively about a lot of new things that have come out lately. Uh, yeah, uh, well, that's arguable, but yeah, I, I would say overall we have been almost, yeah, positive, too positive, you could say. Yeah, so I'm just thinking we should go back more to our roots. Uh-huh. You know, get more, get more critical about things. Hmm, okay. I think um, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, I, I always like slagging th- things off. Um, but do we want to be like specific and talk about games that that really have injured us in our past and have wronged us? No, I think we'll just fit that into topics where they they live okay. as examples of those things. But we could probably okay. do a little bit of it here, but maybe maybe go more with. Maybe let's go more general. More general, yeah. Like slag off everyone overall so no one feels like they're being targeted. Yeah, exactly. All right, all right. Yeah, we've matured, obviously. So, uh, yeah, our topic today uh, is the top five things that turn you away from a war game. Mm -hmm. So I think we should start from the the least offenders and then get to our biggest offender at the end. I think so. And so I guess my my question is, uh, when you built your list... Uh, did you build it? Um, did you use like the term "you" as in the royal "you" or "you" as in specifically you personally? No, it's me. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, we don't have to agree was... on these numbers. We've yeah, we've yeah, both well, written our own individual lists, which I suspect we may come to the same top one. Yeah, we can see how much they line up. Yeah, oh. but so so basically, we're saying us personally. So if you disagree. Yep. That's fine. Everyone has their own specific five whatever list of what turns them away, but this is our personal list. So basically, we're not wrong. It's impossible for us to be wrong. Yeah, exactly. So how about you go with your list first, and if we overlap, I'll let you know where sure. mine comes up. I'd say, do you want to go, do sure. we want to just do five, and then I do my five, then you do your five, I do my four, and then kind of go down that way? Yeah, so then we know, then we know if we're going to overlap or not overlap. Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah. And if All it, right. If it comes up, we'll just we'll say it was my third. If it's your fifth, mm-hmm. sure. Oh uh, well, we can say that when it happens, right? Sure. Uh, so first of all, I want to preface that uh, this was a hard list to build because there are so many things that turn me off from war games. So I was like, really, I got to choose five. So I do have a bunch of runner-ups, and maybe we could talk about that after we set our list. But mm-hmm. uh, my number five that got on the list as of right now, and of course this list can change depending on my mood, um, but uh, number five for me is that the game, the war game, is uh, this is a problem with the actual game uh, being too big. So by this, I mean in general, kind of like how big is this game? Is there too many? Generally, it's like too many models. But it also, I encompass it in this one, is that if it's, um, it takes up too much space, then that's so also an issue. They usually so go hand in hand, though. So instead of gaining physically too big, like there's lots of things that could be too big, like there could be rules, there could be all that, but you're thinking like mm-hmm. pure physically yes. overdone, like some games that are played on four by eight boards still. Like Yeah, I don't understand why you would even have that. Yeah. Honestly, right now, I'm not even that into like a four by fours, <laughs> even though infinity is played on four by four. I'm like, couldn't you just shrink this game down to be smaller? Yeah. When I saw the 20, the 200 new 250 point games in infinity, I'm like, Oh, you can only play on a 32 inch wide by four foot 
long oh, board. Oh, that's so good. This might be a, a thing. We'll have to yeah, see. because it'll fit on a lot more kitchen tables, right? Like there's a lot of kitchen tables that are that size. I don't have to get up my special boards. It's It takes like an extra at least 20, maybe like 20 minutes of setup to play a 4x4 versus a 32x48 just because it requires all this extra stuff, right? And it's it's not even like if I if I like the game, right? Uh, this is just one of those things that like I might I might say oh you know what this game was fun I'll play it again, but then I'll just never play it again because it, if someone comes over if I go and play it I just don't want to bother getting out those extra boards or those the board extensions just so I can play the game so it's just one of those things that like you don't it's almost like you don't even yeah. think about it and when but it still it, makes like the, that, the game that, disappear. Having enough terrain to cover like a six foot wide board, yeah, pretty serious. Like when you're doing yeah, three by takes four, more time. It's easy. Yeah, you pack it back yeah. into two boxes, even if it's a really dense yeah. board. But yep. once you're in the six by four, it's just such an incredible amount of stuff. Even like and a like, three by three to a four by four is a huge increase of the amount of terrain you need. Right? Like think about the, the area increase. It's a yeah, lot. Yeah, and the scale of terrain you expect now changes entirely. You expect to have some really big buildings. And it's going to take serious closet space to keep that stuff. Yeah. Which, uh, to be fair, we both are, don't have a problem with having not enough terrain <laughs> at this point in our careers. Yeah. No, no. It, it's overflowing from the closets. It's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because we need to fill these four by four boards. And you think about it, a lot of people are like, oh, well, oh. three by three, it doesn't seem that much bigger. It's only one more foot. But yeah. like, if you think about the area, that's like nine square feet of, of table. A four by four is 16, right? That's like a 40% increase of more terrain you need to fill that table. Yeah, I thought you were going to say the problem was you have to keep clothing. I don't have to keep clothing. Oh. Be... Uh, <laughs> I'd have to keep clothing. You got to also build it. Here's the other thing. If you have like a four by four or a four by six, you need... And you want to build, like, you have your, your table where you have enough terrain because we've been playing for so long, right? We have enough terrain for that. But then if you want to build a new table, that's when it becomes painful because now you need, like, that much more terrain. And a 4 by 6 is much bigger to build. And I think, honestly, this is one of the reasons why when people would play 40K, why they didn't have enough terrain on the table. It's not that they didn't want to. It's just a big pain in the ass to have that much terrain. Yeah, and especially the train the GW sells doesn't go very far to fill your board. It's all small stuff. Yeah. They don't, yeah. They're cathedral things. I mean, how many of those could you afford to buy? And Exactly. Yeah. And they didn't really work well for the game because they didn't block line of sight either. They were basically hollow. Because it would weigh too yeah. much if they told you that much solid uh, plastic. Yeah. yeah. And then the, the, the thing with that, on top of that, is um, if you compare that to a game like Kill Team where because the game is only what 18 by 32 or maybe it's 24 by 32 or 20 22 by 32 something like that um, you can have a box of terrain and it fills the board right and and that box is like literally one box of gw terrain and you're like wow this is actually like easy to do like the like there, there's the, the amount of terrain to fill the board to make it look exciting and interesting where you're constantly interacting with terrain is so much more epic. And yes, the, it's the size on the table is not as big, but for that small square, it feels more epic, right? 
Whereas mm. when you compare that to like a four by six table where you just don't have enough terrain, it doesn't look as epic because even though the board is bigger, it feels empty. Yeah, and you've got to cut the quality of the terrain you make because you've got to make so much of it. Whereas that nice little compact board can have really sweet terrain on it. Yeah, and it, it'll take you, what, like a week or maybe a month, and then you can have like one really, really sweet piece of, of terrain. And then that goes along with the second part of too big is too many models. Um, again, this is almost like with the size of the board kind of thing, right? Like if you have a much bigger size of board, then you need a lot more models to fill that board, right? And I've got shit to do. I don't want to spend all this time on one army working on it and to be fair the shit i have to do is build a whole bunch of different armies for a bunch of different games but i play a bunch of different games okay so i can't spend all my time on building a new army like i think i mentioned this story a whole bunch of times it's very short um but like i when we got back into wargaming uh in our 20s um i decided to start an orc army and by the time I finished my orc army, it had been five years and I had created three or four different war machine armies. Oh, I thought you weren't even finished that orc army yet. No, I finished it. Oh, okay. But I, I finished it a while ago. I, I made it big enough that I could play 1500 and now I finished it, finished it almost. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I thought you still had a gargantuan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do have a, like a big, big model, but like I have, I have more than enough now to play like oh, a 2000 yeah. point game or whatever. That's not, that's so what by the time I got to the size of the army to actually play a game, I didn't like, it took me like at least three years to, to be able to get like 1500 points, which is the minimum size to play a game. And by then I had painted two or three different smaller war machine armies. Okay, so what I call finished is probably different than what you call finished. I call finished faction complete. You call finished <laughs> get going. Yes, the, actually play a game with my thing. And I'm just like, if it takes that long, there's so many problems with that, right? It, it's just being able to keep the energy level up so that you can get through it is really hard, especially when there are so many different cool games and so many different new models. This is part of the reason why I feel like a lot of people don't have painted armies, especially in, in these super large games, because no one wants to wait a year before they can play a game. But no. if it takes you a year to fully assemble and paint an army to play your game, that's too long to actually do it. Right. So yeah. to especially me, caring about quality. Yeah, exactly. So like, because those things go hand in hand, right? To me, like I want to play, play with painted models. If the game is too big and I don't feel like I can play the game in let's say a month from starting working on it, it, it just cuts it off for me, right? Even though despite the fact that, you know, I do have technically enough terrain for a four by six board, I don't have enough space to do a four by eight, but like a four by six board, um, I could do the terrain part. Just, I don't want to have to assemble a whole bunch of new models enough to fill that board. So that is my number five. The game is too big. All right. How about you? So should I mention where that falls on my list or should I wait till we get to the slot? How about I, we'll wait till we get to the slot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're ranked. So my number five. Don't well, give away too many spoilers. You just spoiled one of your other things. Somewhere on the list, yeah. Okay. Anyways. It's that no yeah. one plays the game. Oh, number five. No one plays the game. Yeah, this is one of my runner-ups. Yeah, so like I said, it's not the 
it's not the top of my list because I'm perfectly willing to be like, oh, well, I built this cool thing and I painted these cool things. Oh, well, nobody else plays or I'll build two armies if I absolutely have to. Somebody else into it. So like, I don't, I don't put it at the top because I'm totally willing to paint an army and loan it out. But the thing is like, it also, if nobody's playing the game, it kind of brings up that doubt. It's like, is this game actually any good? Maybe, maybe yeah. I, I've just got this illusion that it could be a good game. Uh-huh. the other people are not going to be convinced because it's actually not a good game so yeah i i do think like it's one of those things how are you going to play a war game if no one's going to play with you right mm-hmm. now the reason why this didn't make my list is because like you said right you can always make two armies and then invite a friend over just for like i don't know maybe it's just for drinks and then being like, hey, I just set up this table with this game. You want to try it out? And they'll roll their eyes and then play with you. <laughs> yeah, as long as it's not that complicated, people are willing to do that. Yeah, exactly. So, so It's always more so, fun to talk about the game with other people too. And so if nobody's yeah, that's true. Game, you're kind of just like isolated in your enjoyment of it. So yeah. that's why I fully made it to my list. Yeah, I do, I do see all, all those kind of things. They definitely feed in. Like I do think about the fact like if you build two armies and you you play with someone and then you can't get someone to buy in it becomes quite painful right or if like you have someone who kind of buys in um and will play with you but but doesn't want to truly like buy the models for themselves it feels like you're there's a mismatch in terms of the effort you're putting in and you start kind of feeling resentful so even if even if like you can have someone who plays with you. If you're doing all the work to play the game, you can kind of start feeling like you still feel alone because they don't have the same kind of energy level and like of the game that you do, right? Yep. So maybe it's more balanced if the other person has a game they want to play but you don't want to buy. So it kind Mm. of feels like a trade-off. Yeah. It can work that way, but yeah, if you're... Or is that just extra double sad? (laughs) Where you both have games that you both don't like, but you're like... No one wants uh, to play these games, so I guess we'll just trade playing these games and be miserable half the time, but super happy half the time. So, yeah, exactly. That's why it's number five, I guess, and not number one or two or whatever. Yep. Okay. Oh, speaking of, um, do you have a game that you kind of wanted to play, but no one really wanted to play it with you? So, so like an example of number five for you, the, the fact that no one plays the game? Oh, I'm trying to think of what's in my closet. I kind of want to play Arena Rex, but I don't really. There's other reasons behind not acquiring that, which okay. you might get to. I'm the one that bought the two sets, though. <laughs> we played like three times and then stopped. Yes. I feel like we wouldn't be able to rope other people into it. Mm, that's, that's true. It's actually a very good game. I, I do think it doesn't oh, no, get enough love. Live it up. So, anyway. Yeah, that's true. But we don't play it. You're right. Because it's just like, if there were no other one people else playing, plays it. If other people yeah. play it, I think we would actually play the game. Yeah, it's true. We'd be more casual board gamers, but we know those people. Yeah, yeah so. and, and you could even have it as like a minor game. Like, you know, if, on a Monday night or something like that, if you go and play like a 20-minute game of Arena Rex, it's not even that complicated to set up because the idea is it's like a gladiator game, right? So then you don't actually have to have a whole bunch of terrain, right? You, have, you, you lay down your mat, you put down, I don't know, like a lion and a trap or a couple traps and, and, and then you lay down your guys. So it's actually quick to set up, 
quick to play. Mm -hmm. It would actually be really good. Maybe we should try this again. See if we can rope some people in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Not there. Oh. You to create them. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. All you right. The game to try and create them, which you have no idea. Okay. So how about your number four now? Oh, I want to. I do want to mention. I, yeah. Do I have to mention what game I was thinking about with number five? Yeah. I don't think I even have to mention it. It, it didn't. It didn't make your runner up. Oh, what game you want to play? What I was thinking about. Why? What game I don't play anymore because it's too big. Oh, for back to your number five, not not the question you asked me. Of what? Yeah, you I don't think I need to even mention it. I'm just gonna go on. I think it's obvious which game I was talking about. Is it? Uh it's it's the elephant, right? Yeah, it's the elephant. Although That's technically, the rhino as well it falls into a little bit about it. But you I think we mentioned this before. You wouldn't be playing with rhinos in the game. You'd be playing with <laughs> other things. Anyhow. Yes. All right. All right. Number four. Number four. So my number four thing that uh, turns me away from a war game is that uh, the game rules are too fiddly. Too which? So, too fiddly. There's uh, too much cruft and it's like too overly complicated for no reason. Like, yeah. So your main action take like very little time, all your movement and your like actual attacking takes very little time, but there's sort of all these other mechanics. Yeah, that, are... that you have to worry about that maybe it's like, maybe each one, the problem is that each one of these sm small mechanics don't actually do that much, but you have to think about it because each one, when, like when you add all up all of these little tiny things, it becomes a big deal. And yeah. I think one of the things uh, that really annoys me is like, I, I guess putting into this, this kind of thing is um, games with like a lot of the, the gotcha kind of small fiddly things. Like it, if you remember when we played uh, war machine, this is probably the major, one of the major issues with war machine. I find yeah. uh, is that there's too many small, tiny rules scattered throughout the thing that you just have to like remember and fiddle with. And it's not even like tactics. It's like laying, it's like you're trying to, to individually lay down tacks on, on the ground and then hope your 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 opponent accidentally steps on one, and you're like, is this really tactical to like just lay tacks around the, the the table or like it doesn't feel tactical to me? It doesn't feel like a strategy kind of game. It feels more like oh, I'm just trying to to gotcha. And if I lay enough tacks in enough different areas, then maybe my opponent will accidentally step on one. Yeah, and, and just that version of things being too. Yeah. And then the other thing is like, uh, if there's too many dice, like just the yeah, general I, fiddliness, the feeling of like, oh, I have to remember this, or I have to do this, or I have to like click all these different clicky things, or or count a lot of these numbers, or like, I don't know, roll this many dice and then count them and then re-roll, and then this just feels so fiddly. I hate that feeling. It makes it takes me out of the game. When you feel like to play the game, you have to do a lot of work. Like bookkeeping. Yeah, bookkeeping or work or something where it just feels tedious. Uh -huh. That's the kind of thing that annoys me. And I, like I said, War Machine is just like, I have to like cross my eyes and dot my T's. I, I was terrible at that in school. Like I would always have like stupid, stupid mistakes. You know, like in your test, you're like, oh, I basically knew the answer, but I just skipped a couple of things. I didn't cross my eyes, dot my T's, so I, I, I didn't get whatever. Yep. I, I lost so many marks in school for that. And I don't want to have anything to do with school anymore. So I feel like if my game 
the game I'm playing feels like I'm back in school taking a test and trying to like do everything exactly. Uh, I hate it. I don't find it enjoyable at all. No, my job looks a lot like that. No. (laughs) So I might hate your job. Well, I'm good I don't do the same thing. Making sure contracts are airtight. Anyways, I don't need my war games to be like that. (laughs) Oh, so you as well. Yeah, that's the thing. If if I got paid Mm -hmm. for war gaming, maybe I would be okay with it, but they better pay me a lot more if I have to do all this kind of stuff. That's all I'm saying. They have to up your, your salary from what you're getting for this hobby. Yeah. So yeah, I guess so like yeah. So I guess you would want to differentiate finicky from complicated that like complicated games might yeah. need to know a lot of information, but once mm-hmm. you have it, you can execute quickly on it. Mm-hmm. Whereas I guess you would say finicky games, even if you have the knowledge, it still takes a long time to to carry out. Yeah. Carry it's it almost out. like yeah, exactly. Like when you think about um, a complicated game, I guess there's two different ways you can think about it. Um, like Go, technically, like the strategy that goes out of that, right? The go or chess, the, the rules are relatively simple, but like the complication is in how you understand and execute on it. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. And even like you said, like even if the rules are, there's a lot of rules that are interesting whenever, if I have to do... Um, if I have to do arithmetic, like if I know, if, if you write down the rules and then every single time you, you need to execute the rules to find out what you're doing, you have to do arithmetic where I'm like, okay, I do five plus four plus three times three divided by four. And then, you know, like I understand how to do it, but I have to do the arithmetic every single time I play. Or you have to make like three different dice rules to carry out the action. Yeah, exactly. Like, like what's takes just what's the point? Or how many tokens you've got to put on the board to keep track of things. Yes. Like all sorts of things like that. It just feels like tedious and like work, right? Where it's like, I understand all the rules and, and, and whatever, and I made the right decision in my head, but just going through the rote steps to make sure I didn't make any of those mistakes is a big part of the game. Then that part I don't like. And that's one of the things with War Machine. I guess it's cha- changed a little bit more in third edition, but like when you had to measure inches, right? The specific inch for this specific distance and then if you're not good at that and you can't do that automatically, you might spend so much concentration making sure that it's about 12 inches or just under 12 inches or mm-hmm. whatever your charge range is that you might have forgotten the next step. Even though when you made the strategy, you thought about it, you might have forgotten the next step and then skipped it over and made a mistake in that way because you're spending so much time fiddling around to make sure that you're 11.9 inches or, or whatever, 12.1 inches away from the guy. Well, yeah, you want to be 0.5 inches from, away from this guy, but 2.1 away from the other guy. And then all yeah. the guys in the 10 squad have to be arranged perfectly with that same distance. It's just like, mm-hmm. this is not the gameplay. This is just like, Yes, exactly. Like, you already know what strategy you're starting to do. But just when you measured the first 0.5, because you, it took so much effort to do, you forgot the other two steps, even though you might have announced it to your enemy yeah, or to your, to your opponent that... Mm-hmm. These are the three things I'm trying to do. And then when you tried to do the first one, it took so much effort that you, you forgot the second one. And yeah. then you're losing. You're like, well, what is this finickiness, right? And it's just not fun to do that. Mm-hmm. Or like rolling three sets of dice. That's just in general. It just feels like work. All right. That's my number four. On to my number four. I don't think you're going to expect this one, but I would go with expensive miniatures. I did not. Okay. 
So maybe to me, to- this is for other people. <laughs> well, I don't know. Okay. Like I'm willing to buy a couple really expensive miniatures or literally rip apart several expensive miniatures, several expensive miniatures to make one. But once mm-hmm. every single thing on the board is expensive, I'm just like, I want to feel like it doesn't cost me that much to buy the minis. Like I can have all the minis I want. I want to feel like <laughs> constrained. No, I don't want to feel yeah. constrained. I want to yeah, you have, don't want to feel constrained. Exactly. I don't want to feel poor because I'm playing this miniature game. Uh, you don't want to feel like it's a bad deal. I want to have a feeling of abundance when I have my miniature. Oh, okay. Not like, not like I'm a poor, impoverished soul. <laughs> like, in- like buying your miniatures is making your life worse <laughs> in yeah. some other way. It's like, oh, I, I bought these miniatures, so I can't go out to go out go out uh, to dinner to this week because I bought this this new three three or this this new miniature, right? Mm-hmm. I can totally understand that. This is one of those things with 40k. I don't understand how people are are okay with it, especially as the game gets more and more expensive. So for me, 40k, I'm not. Wouldn't some of the miniatures there are, are expensive, like on an individual model basis? But I'm thinking uh-huh. more where every single model is expensive. Because I'm willing to have a few oh. things, but when every single thing you have to buy is uh-huh. like twenty five dollars for every little guy, you're like, oh my god, what am I doing here? If you only need six guys, it's not as bad. But if you need like fifty, because we just if we were to go back to Arena Rex, right? Like the models individually are quite expensive. I think they are. They probably are like twenty bucks per model, right? That that was one of the games I was thinking about when I mentioned that. Oh, fair enough. (laughs) Because if you want to buy, you probably you want to buy some of the monsters because they're amazing. Then you're going to want to buy two factions, so in case somebody else wants to play. Yeah, just the individual cost. And that might just be getting accustomed to more affordable miniatures. Mm-hmm. And once you're like, oh yeah, a miniature is like 10 to 15 bucks for your like 28 millimeter guy. You just mm-hmm. kind of get used to it. And then when the things are like 20 plus bucks each, you're like, oh wow. Yeah. This, this isn't a good deal anymore. And I do feel like just getting into a game where every single time you buy something, you yeah. feel shitty is a problem. You feel like you overspent. Yeah, if you go buy yeah. things, you feel like you yeah. Overspent. Even if you can afford it, right? Mm-hmm. Just the feeling of in the back of your head that you're kind of getting ripped off. If you don't feel like you're getting a good deal, yep. it just feels terrible. Mm-hmm. Like the some of the things in let's say in, in uh, Warhammer Forty Thousand Games Workshop games or or Age of Sigmar. Yep. It's some of the characters that you buy are like the cost of a squad, right? And a character's one guy, oftentimes they're not any bigger than the other guys. No, it could just be a 32 millimeter base guy. And maybe yeah. they have some extra like weapon options. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they, they easily come out at 50 bucks. And you're like, oh my, that, that's a whole squad. And yeah. you know, they're, they're kind of, I'm sure that's generally what it costs them to produce because it's not produced as much. But, but, just- but part of the reason why it costs that much is because they're creating a plastic mold for it and they're it's a plastic mold like technically i guess maybe they are pricing it correctly in terms of making a profit or or breaking even or whatever yeah but they're not packaging for that individual mm -hmm. like sales unit yeah and then they have to create the mold but because the 
uh, number of, of sales they're going to do on one model is so low, it, it's just a bad deal, right? Yep. It's like the idea of uh, buying a mango flown directly from, I don't know, Thailand. If you, only, if you yourself try to do that yourself and you only bought one mango, it'd be a giant ripoff, no matter how good that mango was. Mm-hmm. Because the cost is just too ridiculous. Even if it's the best mango you've ever eaten, it just In feels shitty. Ship the one yeah. Mango. Yep. yeah, it would just feel shitty when you paid like, I don't know, a couple hundred dollars for your one mango. Mm-hmm. Even if it was the best in the world, right? So that deal feeling is a big deal. And, and I think we've talked before about how just purchasing is a big part. Like the, the commerce part of, of buying miniatures is part of the fun right? Looking for miniatures you want, buying them, picking them up, you know, that's part of the joy. And so if you feel like bad feeling when you, when you buy it, I don't know, that's, that's definitely negative. Yeah. No, like buying used miniatures, like, Oh yeah, this was super affordable. (laughs) Oh, it feels even better. Yeah. Am I going to use this? I don't know. It doesn't matter. The other game I was thinking about is Darklands from Mirrors Miniatures. Oh yeah. Where I'm like, Oh, this would be cool to use for Frostgate. And you look at the price and like, Oh God, the pain. (laughs) Yeah, and you'll. Yeah, I can't imagine if you actually wanted to play the game with a whole army either. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think their armies are as big as even War Machine, but they're not that much smaller. I don't think as War Machine. I think they're around thirty miniatures. But considering their price, it is. It's a lot. I'm surprised that they have that enough that many people buying their models, considering how expensive they are. Mm Hmm. But they are nice, right? Especially yeah. their big monsters and stuff. Yeah, the sculpting and detail is all really good. But it, it's just not something you would buy on a whim, which yeah, unfortunate. Yeah. So that's your number four? Yep. All right. Anything else you want to talk about with that one? <sighs> I don't know. Just on the expensive note, like, I think it's only the small miniatures that really get to me with being really expensive. They mm-hmm. want something has a nice big chunkiness to it. I'm willing to pay like plenty of money for it. Like I would buy a $200 mm-hmm. miniature if it were really? the right size. To me right now, I realize that 200 is still a barrier for me. Mm-hmm. Um, unless it's funnily enough, unless it's a giant piece of terrain. Um, I, apparently I'd be more willing to spend money on terrain than, than miniatures. Like, um, this is not wargaming, but you know that I, I did look at the um, Infinity Margot and Duroc uh, sculpts from uh, Luxumbra. Oh, yes. And they're... I wanted to buy that because I was like, oh, this model is so cool. Yeah, those are 75 millimeter figures. And they're yeah. cool. My hope but is... But the price is so expensive. Yeah, my hope is they come out in a very similar looking form in 28 millimeter scale. To get as a special deluxe version 28 millimeter version yeah who knows yeah maybe maybe as, as a special one the other thing I, I was thinking is that i might the actual thing that killed it was the shipping of course so if i were to go to a convention sometime in the future and in, in, in the after the end times um if we still have conventions uh then hopefully i can pick up a margo and Durak with a reduced price but right now just the feeling of the deal is terrible but like even with with when I look at like Games Workshop giant models that are $180, I'm like, this is not worth $180. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, but I think so one of them. Hopefully. Although I did pick up one that was 140. So there's probably some sort of barrier at 150 where I'm like, no, over this, this is too much. Yeah, my so, barrier is probably my barrier probably is also 150. When I think of 200, it's like uh maybe. Not. <laughs> yeah, maybe an army, but like not one model. Yep. All right. All right. So that's number. Yeah, that's number four. One. Mm-hmm. All right. Next. Number three for me is again uh, rules about rules. Uh, it is the game is unbalanced. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So sure. this really bad. bugs me a lot. This probably bugs me more than other people. Um, because some people, but, some people like discovering the game and saying, "Oh, I figured this game out, and now I just play the most powerful mm-hmm. faction." And I'm, I'm yeah. really smart because of this. But in reality, the game's just unbalanced. And clearly that was like the yeah. best. And then they might be okay with saying, oh, there's four factions, but you just play the, the unbalanced one. What's the big deal? Everyone just plays Signar or everyone just plays, uh, I don't know, like Space Marines, right? Because that new codex came out. That's fine, right? The, the game overall is fun. You can just play it. But for me, the idea that you created... A, and, and to me, one of the biggest things is faction imbalance. Um, when you create a bunch of different factions and they are not balanced, that to me is a big F you to your players. And I, I kind of hate it because the idea is you're with a war game, you spend so much time and care creating your army to then go to then have the game maker say, oh, it doesn't really, I don't really care about the fact that that fact, I don't want to have you have the same, or it's not that they don't want the game to be balanced, but I don't care enough about making the game balanced that I will put in the effort to make sure that the army you chose that I sold to you Mm -hmm. uh, is worth the cost when you're actually playing right? Maybe the models are amazing, so it's worth that cost, but I'm not going to spend the time to make sure that the actual rules are are worth it for your faction. That, to me, is a big kick in the pants, and it shows to me like a bunch of different problems with the game in general and the the kind of thought process of the creator, right? Yeah, that they just want you to buy your mentors, and then after that, clearly you've been abandoned. <laughs> yes, exactly, right? And this it's not even just... Um, Obviously, game balance, like rules balance, is uh, is a big deal. But also, um, just amount of love that they gave your faction is an issue as well, right? Where if, where if they're like, okay, I'm gonna go go into the Warhammer Forty Thousand, the amount of time they spend on Marines, Space Marines, and effort they put into Space Marines, and making sure that the rules when someone plays a Space Marine are like good enough to be competitive or whatever is ridiculous right and their argument is oh well they pay the bills right that's that's what everyone wants but they literally spend all their time on space marines they created the space marines to be the protagonists of the story they kind of focus all of their attention and the entire like game around space marines they make them the poster boys of course that thing is going to be the main the main faction, right? Yeah, they can't afford to screw that up, so I can understand that one. But another game, yeah. But they 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 literally created that uh, 
they created the the what do you call it the 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 stew that they have to now stew in right mm -hmm. like if you look at even their old games of age of sigmar there was not nearly that much imbalance right yeah and then because they tried to make everything more balanced and if you look at other games like war machine or whatever there's not the same kind of imbalance because they try to make sure that, you know, they, they try and give the love and make everything as interesting. Whereas literally Warhammer 40K or, or Games Workshop did the opposite. They tried to import that same thing with Age of Sigmar with their Sigmarines into Age of Sigmar and then tried to make the Sigmarines the main thing, right? Where yeah. they're the main characters, they have, they're the main heroes, they're the protagonists, they're in all of the, the intro boxes, right? They tried to make it in the same thing. And maybe it makes sense for money, but it's terrible for gameplay, right? You know, it, well, it seems terrible for sales because, like, they can't sell all the stuff they made. If people start real, want to start, start a second army, because, like, a lot of sales will come from existing players, but if existing players have realized that a certain faction's not viable, sales so yeah and so it kind of pisses me off even if the the, the faction i chose is the most well-loved one it i don't know equality or or or, or balance the, just in general is a big thing to me right having everyone treated the same or, or given the same amount of love is a big deal to me so when uh when a a, a game producer doesn't do that it really turns me off and it can honestly kill my love for a game. Yeah. Well, even within certain factions, if like certain pieces are clearly just better than the other warriors mm -hmm. in that faction, you're mm -hmm. like, Oh, there's only really one good way to play this faction. And it kind of ruins your ability to innovate and like come up with different ways of playing the game. If there's clearly one like OP way of playing that faction. Yeah. You no, know you're just not even playing properly and you're like just, yeah, it just feels bad. You're tying a hand behind your back to try and innovate. So yeah, it it's feels cool. Yeah. yeah, building cool lists is, and like coming up with new tactics is like a huge part of entertainment or wargaming. And if they've, yeah. they've ruined that by failing at balancing, then mm -hmm. the game's nowhere near as fun. And so I, I do know actually when I think about it, this is probably a lot of people's like biggest turnoff now that I think about it. Yeah, cause because there's a lot that. of people that will quit games because the faction that they chose was just crap, right? Yeah. <laughs> or not supported, right? This is the, the, those, those, those people who are playing Warhammer 40,000 who are Sisters of Battles players and were neglected for so long during the dark times, a lot of them would just like walk away from the game because they're like, oh, there's, there's no love for this, this faction. I put all this love in, and care and then you're trying to, to get rid of it, right? And I think that's part of one of the things, honestly, about what Games Workshop has been doing better now is that they have been they have been putting more effort into in some ways i guess to spread the love more and they're more willing to do a rata to to deal with yeah them. Mm -hmm. and and yeah but to me it's just about showing that you care right yeah. and when you show that you care uh it ends up balancing things naturally because of course if you cared why would you let one faction or one unit or whatever becomes so much more strong than everything else, right? If yeah. you care, then you put in the effort to, to, to fix that, those kind of things. So um, to me, this is like a huge signal. And honestly, I have been turned off even when like, I don't like feeling also like 
my faction is overpowered either. Because <laughs> then it also feels like, oh, I just won. Like you said before, I just won because of I was using the overpowered stuff. Yeah, it was nothing to do with me. I just yeah. I just put the army on the board. Yeah, exactly. I just happened to choose the right faction. So it just feels crappy. And and also it probably comes down to a lot of like playing Warhammer 40,000 as a young boy and um, feeling like the Marines, even back then, got so much more love than the other factions. And well, I was like, how? Five versions of them. <laughs> and then get yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, I feel a little bit neglected. Luckily, I, was, I wasn't even playing the most neglected faction. I was playing... Actually, I feel like back then it wasn't as, as polarized. I feel like Eldar got a decent amount of stuff, right? Even if they were not as... They didn't get as much stuff. They, they didn't... They, they hadn't fully done the whole, like, oh, we're going to make Dark Angels, Space Marines, Blood Angels on the same level as uh, as the eldar right like blood angels are like the eldar dark angels are like the eldar right oh, whereas now it's like their own their own special faction they have so much more love but really they're just a variant of space marine right yeah so that honestly is one of the things that drove me maybe one of the biggest things that drove me away from 40k uh no besides the actual crappy rules never mind uh-huh. all right well maybe we'll get to some other other problems so my number three will be quick because okay. it, it's very much like your number five. Okay. High model count. Ah, okay. Too big. Yeah. Uh, the whole game being too big. Like uh, I think I can handle more of the giant boards and the massive amounts of green. I think because we have so much. <laughs> I really like that stuff, so I I would just be willing to do it. Uh huh. Comes the high model count. Yeah. So because it contributes towards the finickiness of the game that you just spent doing like this bookkeeping which is the moving of the figures yeah once you get to too high of a figure count and yeah it, it drives the game towards being more of a, a rank and flank thing since you're just like shifting squadrons mm-hmm. around the board which is not entirely my thing because it reduces the okay or just smashing guys into each other once you get to model count games okay so i'm that's a that component of the game being too big just more of a turn off for me plus maybe that i like spending more time getting like the painting to a really high quality that mm-hmm. once there's an individual t- level yeah yeah once there's too many things on the board that's now kind of impossible mm-hmm. so it bothers me that the thing can't look as cool <laughs> now just a chore to paint them because it's not about making like the super amazing looking stuff it's just about like churning stuff out mm, yeah so like if you have to do one space marine you can kind of fix all your major mistakes and everything like that but once you're doing like 20 space marines if you see a mistake, you're just like, okay, I'm just going to put him behind the other guy. It'll, it'll just get super boring, too. Like, it's true. Yeah. I actually recently painted um, a new squad of uh, World War II infantry, Polish infantry. Yep. I painted about 20 guys. And I was like, oh, you know what? This was kind of fun. Right? There's, they're, they're not 20 of the same guy. Right? So that helped. Right? There are three or four different kind of, kind of equipment, but they're all like differently modeled. Um, but like 20, I was like, okay, I can do this. But if you play a game that's like larger, such as 40, 40, 140,000, 20 guys is not even a squad of, of boys, right? One squad. And you're just like, oh my God, this is crazy. Whereas that's my whole army, right? Well, yeah. If those, if those like world war two guys were Imperial guard, you'd, mm-hmm. you would be. Nowhere. That was two units. It's two units. 
and I would I was I would just need eighty more. So <laughs> yeah, it would just be ridiculous. And so, but but because I don't play those big games, twenty guys, it was fun. It was probably around the max of how much I would want to paint. Um, but I'm done now, and I can play games with it. And they actually twenty guys is a lot of guys when you lay them out and you think and you you look at them. It does feel like you know a regiment, not I don't know regiment two squads i think mm-hmm. i don't know i don't know anything about world war Two. i just bought the models because they looked cool and they were true scale which is good <laughs> so yeah. yeah so i totally obviously i agree even yeah. yeah just taking the guys out to play the game too was a, huh? you know, so, so was there a game that 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 exemplified this that that kind of turned you off because there was too many like, is this basically why you would never go back to 40K? Well, there's lots of other games, like even Mantic's version of, like, the, the larger scale game, Kings of War. Huh? It's Mantic that has Kings of War, yeah, right? Kings of War. Yeah, Kings of War. Even that's probably on a bit too larger a scale to play 28. Mm-hmm. And I think I just don't like the whole rank and flank style of play either. So you don't even like the kind of game that it, it ends up being when you have that many guys in general. Yeah. Fair enough. So any game, so, so would you go back to War Machine? Like if you had to start a new War Machine army, that's like around 30 to 50 guys, would you, would you play? They would have to cut the size of the game down. That's oh, okay. It's do still it. too big. Yeah. Fair enough. So what's, what's a size that you would be okay with? <sighs> Up to 35. Maximum, obviously. 35? Like 35 guys. So that's like a spammy army. If a spammy army is 35 guys, you'd be like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I, I'd say I'm, I'm roughly around the same kind of spot. Of course, my number five was like even just the table being too big was was, a, was an issue. So yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So yeah, that that's where I line up with you on that one. All right. So that was quick because we overlap. So what was your second? All right, number two. Okay, my. Number two top thing that turns you away from a war game is a bad community. So not even the actual game itself, but if the, if the community is toxic as fuck, uh, I don't want to play that game. Right. And in some ways, technically, this is like fixable and, 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 and maybe it's not at the actual war game because technically you can go out and find a good community for any kind of game. Yep. But if the community that I can play for that specific game is toxic, then I'm not, I'm not going to want to play that game. Right. And so what I mean by toxic, there's so many different ways, but basically if I feel dirty hanging out with them, or if I, if I feel like those people are bad people, or mean uh or uh yeah if they're just mean or petty i or just technically if they're just really annoying even if they're not mean or petty (laughs) i guess maybe that means i'm toxic at in that point but basically if i don't like the community uh that's a problem right and and luckily you know i feel like I'm, i'm generally pretty accepting so i can accept a lot of different people with different kind of things so i'm not that picky but like the the biggest example of a toxic community where it's related directly to a game is hyper competitive uh, communities. 
where yeah. it's all about winning. Yeah, I was going to agree. I'm just, I'm just wondering what makes, what drives the game to be hyper competitive. A focus on com- competition, right? Uh, a focus on the idea that winning is uh, the main thing that matters. Like we play miniatures games. The, the whole point of the miniatures game is it's a hobby. It's not just a game, right? So even though I love winning and I love playing a lot of board games where, I, you know, you, you, you play to win, I think even in, the, in those cases, um, I'm not doing this professionally. So I want this to be a fun experience. And I can only have fun if the people that I'm playing with also primarily focus on having fun and making sure that everyone has fun as opposed to just like winning when you, when you solely concentrate on or, or or the game focuses and and tells you, Oh, the only thing that matters is winning. um, It just becomes competition. And yes, obviously there's some fun in competition, but when you're so focused on competition, you can sometimes give up the idea of making sure everyone's having fun. And then you can even do things that are intrinsically unfun for everyone around you just so you can win because the game or, or you have told yourself the only thing that matters is winning. And that's just a slippery slope that goes all the way down and just destroys the fun of everyone. Because if you start doing it, then the other people will start saying, oh, well, this is, this is not fun unless I win, right? Because now that's the only thing they care. So then they start only caring about winning. And then nobody cares about whether the other person is having fun. They only care about like beating the other person. And then that can get so toxic because no one, like it, it requires effort when you're with people to make sure that everyone is enjoying themselves, right? Yep. And when you're not focusing on or you're only focusing on winning, you you don't have that and it'll naturally just fall apart. Yeah, so I think maybe games that are too almost chess-like might push that. That if there's like hardly any randomness and that like if you just do certain tactical things, you will just win. So it's focused on just like who's better. It's just focusing purely on who's yeah, who's better. I guess like yeah. low randomness in the game yeah. pushes more towards that. And it doesn't have to be. And maybe it just more reward, it, yeah. like rewarding like really good tech. If you're super good at the game, you will just win every time. Um yes. I, I don't think it has to be. Like I'm not saying like all chess players are degenerate assholes. Or uh-huh. all go players. Uh, um, what I'm saying is that <laughs> the game <laughs> pushes you towards being a degenerate asshole. <laughs> yeah. Because, like you said, like it's like talking in be- chess. Because, chess. yeah, exactly. Because you're Fair concentrated enough. about uh, winning, right? And the idea is that because someone can um, always win if they're bad, like there's the kind of idea that goes hand in hand that you're just better right? Than the other person, right? When you put in randomness, it starts becoming more about can you handle the curveballs that are swung at you, right? You don't have a direct, you're, you're not only playing against your opponent, you're playing against the game, right? So some of, so the, what do you call it? The energy and the neg, like the, the feeling of beating down is not just concentrated on that. And the feeling of losing or, or, overcoming something is not about just, Oh, I need to be better than my opponent. And when you switch it from being like, Oh, I need to overcome these obstacles from, I need to be better than my opponent. 
you're much less likely to fall into that idea where winning is the only thing that matters or being better than your opponent and winning is the only thing that matters because it shows that you're better. Right. And, and this is, this is honestly not just with, um, with miniature games, right? This is almost with like a lot of different things in our society in general, Mm -hmm. where people concentrate just too much, too much on like being better than other people and thinking that is the primary reason to do whatever, as opposed to, you know, enjoying life experience and doing those kind of things. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's basically it. Example, I feel like this is what happened with War Machine. Um, it became so competitive that, um, and there is randomness, and you can definitely play War Machine in a fun, whatever kind of way, but the game itself, or, or the people that, that made the game themselves, they had that, like, play like you have a pair or something like that page five rules that's saying like stop whining and just like play and and well, i think beyond, it fostered yeah uh, and just beyond them saying it like the whole game played that if you had like some superior tactic lined up and your opponents didn't understand your superior tactic you mm-hmm. could just executing and just stomping them mm-hmm. so it, it rewarded having like the higher knowledge ability and if you could yeah. your opponents like play coming you could interrupt it yeah, and so it's you didn't have a high level knowledge. You'd be way behind yeah. in the game. And I saw it in myself. Like I became a less fun person to play against over time playing mm-hmm. War Machine. Like when I didn't think about it, because I started caring so much about that and so much about like winning. Winning started meaning more. So like if I saw my opponent not having as much fun, I wouldn't help them let's say to have more fun mm-hmm. which obviously makes the game less fun and now i felt like crappier myself because i'm like oh really like my, i saw my opponent struggling and instead of like helping them i i just beat them down more so i'd be like yes i am the winner <laughs> like you <want> fail. <laughs> so i felt like i was becoming a worse person playing mm-hmm. that game and it was surprising in some ways that there were so many like good like i met so many good and nice people playing that game considering how much of a track the actual game and the scene kind of tried to push you down like to that route of being like just cutthroat or whatever and um i'm glad i came out of it and and to be fair before i stopped playing the game i started like you know we had a conversation in in our store about what the why we were playing (laughs) Right. And we ended up dividing between, you know, people who wanted to play to have fun and people who wanted to play to win. Right. Yep. And lo and behold, when we had that, the game died. We started playing more X-Wing because of that. Yeah. And playing other games because we're like, oh, this game sucks. This is, this is everyone feels terrible. Even the people that said they cared only about winning. Yeah. A lot of them, like five years later, were like, yeah, that, that sucked. Mistake. Yeah, that was a mistake. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, and, and so I do feel like it is a game thing, right? You could say it's, a, it's, it's not necessarily the, the intrinsically the game, but the uh, marketing behind the game, right, and how they encourage you to play the game. Because I do feel like you can come back now and play War Machine in a casual way, and it'd be super fun. Yeah, it could be. All right, that was my number two, Bad Community. Mm-hmm. So I think my number two is games that are, in fact, too simple. 
Okay. Wow. I didn't expect this one. Yeah. Go for it. So I just worry that like the game for competitive games, I think that if you feel like you've run out of space to innovate in the game mm-hmm. and you've seen all the iterations of playing it, the, yep. it just can't be your main game because now you feel like you put things on the board and then if you can see from turn one where the rest mm-hmm. of the game is going to go, uh-huh. it's like, oh, what's, what's the point of this? Or like you feel like you've played this, you feel like you've played that game before and you're like, oh, I'm just uh-huh. playing version 6B again. Okay, whatever. Okay. Here's, here's version 6B. Okay. Or you see, see what happens when these two factions attack each other. You're like, oh yeah, faction A fights faction B with these things on the board. Here's how it's going to go. This piece takes out their long range piece and then mm-hmm. these two like champions fight and this one will obviously win. It's like, okay. Or maybe it's just a, a coin flip of who wins, but that's basically whoever wins that, that, that coin flip wins the game. Yeah, whoever whoever loses their like artillery piece first or whatever particular piece it is first, it's like oh yeah that'll break. They'll they'll no longer have to deal with their opponent's army, so they'll lose. Mm-hmm. So once the game gets like too simple and there's not enough ways of different things happening, you uh-huh. can see the outcomes. Yeah, and the game will become more boring. Okay, so this is the kind of idea that like you don't want to play games that are super that end up being super boring. So you want to have everything like being novel and interesting as you play the game. That discovery when you play when you sit down to the game, the discovery and the excitement of seeing something new or different or, or interesting happen on the board is part of what drives uh, the war game for you. It's yeah, not we- necessarily just the spectacle of having two giant armies crash together and people removed. You don't want just a screensaver. No, as I said before, like the rank and flank thing where you just start like subtracting guys. Because mm-hmm. eh, if, you, if you've seen it before, you there's a lot of tactics in rank and flank, though. Oh, like, I know. Part of the reason why people love rank and flank is the specific rank and flank tactics that goes about it, right? But I think once you've played it enough, you can kind of get an idea of like how the play and counterplay are going to go. You know? I don't think you can. I think you need to scratch beyond that surface. I think rank and flank is actually very like mm-hmm. interesting, complicated, kind of cool, different rule set. But it is different. It is definitely different. Yep. And I don't, I don't know. Maybe you've been secretly playing a lot of rank and flank mm-hmm. uh, without me seeing. But there's no way you played enough to be like, oh, yeah, I'm an expert at rank and flank. Mm-hmm. There's no fucking way that's true. Yeah, well, it always looks really boring to me when people play. <laughs> no, no, that'd be fair. Maybe once you, look, once you, maybe, you real, even, yeah, even with that, it can still be boring. Sorry? Maybe just because they play so slowly, it's like a... It feels like they're plotting. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But I, I do understand what you're saying. Like if it feels super too simple where where everything is predictable, you it, it feels like you're just watching, I don't know, the same movie over and over again. Even if during the, the game it's epic, after the first time, you're like, Well, I'm watching the same scene happening over and over again. I already watched that scene. I already saw what happened. It's not mm-hmm. new, novel, and interesting to me. And part of the good things about like miniature games, what makes it interesting, is because they're always changing, because your army's different, your opponent's army's different, the dice rolls are different, your tactics are different. The terrain line up differently, so you, so you can't hold yeah. the same tactics. Yeah. The variability is like super high in war games, much higher than most uh, board games or games that you end up playing maybe not like physical games right like dexterity games because then you have to understand your body and your body changes so so maybe dexterity games are the most but like just the uh constant 
changing of like tweaking a little bit of a, of a war game can have a huge impact, assuming the rules back that up. Right. So I, I do see like, to me, I, I don't play that many war games where I feel like it's too simple, but I do play a lot of board games where I do feel like I've just, I've figured it out. And, and it's just carrying out the formula. You're like, oh, here's the formula. Yeah. The I'm just executing the formula. It's like a Sudoku. Yeah. That's what I was gonna say. It's like uh, Sudoku. And to be fair, some people like Sudoku. They like they know the formula, but they just like working through it. It's it's calming to them or fun to them. But for me, once you know the Sudoku formula, I'm like, what what is the point of this? This is boring. It's not interesting. It's not firing those synapses in my brain. Nope. It's just doing the counting. Yeah, I think with. It, I think Kill Team actually fell too close to the category of like that every model was fairly simple and there weren't that many on the board. And then once you got partway through the game, not even mm-hmm. like maybe a third of the way through the game, you kind of were pretty sure how the game would go. Because mm. just I, there wasn't really okay. many gotchas and the variability wasn't super high. Uh-huh. That you felt like you could kind of, the rest of the game wasn't that impressive. I could see that. I could see that the game, there wasn't a lot of like tricks... Or, or, or things to go around. I feel like, hmm. I, I'm sure if you played it like really frequently, I think you would start really just after two turns in, you would sort of see the rest of the game if you'd played it like regularly. You'd be like, at two turns in, both you and your opponent know what you're going to do, and then it's just about uh, the odds. You're like, okay, the odds are 40 60. You want to just roll a D10 and on a one to four I win and a six to, on a five to, to ten you win. Uh, yeah, I could I could see that. Um, there's, you know what? I'm actually not as personally. I'm not as I don't find that as big of a problem. Like just the storytelling of it to me is is often enough for me. So but even if yeah, I think the story is just kind of ruined when you know what's going to happen in the story. I, I want to like. I want the story to surprise you. Yeah, exactly. Fair. I don't, I don't fair. like going back and watching the same like movie. I know there's people who like go watch a movie in the theater and like, I got to go back the next day and watch it again. I'm just like, I don't need to watch that for a decade. <laughs> and, That's fair. And, uh, Until I forget it. basically. Exactly. Or I just want to see the explosions happen again. And I don't even care if I remember. I'm just like, that was a cool explosion. Let's go, let's go have a go okay. boom again. Or else okay. Go john wick shoot up that room again but maybe that's that's what some people enjoy right is is the entire like the kill team thing is like i'm gonna go boom again with my heavy support with my missile launcher right that's the kind of thing they're looking for but i could see why you're like no i want the tactics especially when you're talking about you know miniature games it is a game it's a war game you're trying to do the interesting strategies so i definitely i can definitely see that I guess this is probably why you emphasize so much um, enjoy, like why you think that cool scenarios are so important for the war games. And, and almost you, I've, I've been seeing that you almost emphasize that more than the base rule set of a game. Yeah. Because when you have cool scenarios, those are the biggest ways or, or, or cool terrain. Those are the biggest ways that change up a game and, 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 and make things more interesting and dynamic and, and, um, surprising right yeah and it's the easiest way almost there's yeah. different ways of getting to like there's different end goals you can mm-hmm. use to win as opposed to there just being one end goal so you can totally calculate how to do it yeah and you haven't seen it all the time especially when you have different 
different uh, missions where, where you have different goals, right? That's going to change things so significantly. Yeah, like you could literally just move an objective a little bit and it totally changes the entire game. Mm. All right, that's fair. Yeah. Good. All right, that's interesting. I, I definitely wouldn't put that in my top five, but I can see what you mean. Mm-hmm. All like right. That. All right, anything else? Or I was going to go to number one, the number one thing to turn you off war game. Are you, are you ready for that or do you want to go, go more? Oh, so what was your number two again? Because I felt like my number two. Bad was community. Yeah, so. Toxic community. Yeah, it kind of comes back to the same thing where I said that if the game plays too much like chess, mm-hmm. that it starts to develop a bad community because, like, even talking to the other person is pointless, that it's not about. Oh, come on. But then, even if you're watching, like, something where, like, even if you're playing a game where it's just, like, bingo, if you have a good community, it can be uh-huh. fun. Yeah, it can, but like different games. Just like stamp it and just like. I don't know, but certain games foster communication and certain games don't. That's true. That actually is true. That's something that that I, that definitely helps mm-hmm. for communities to make them uh, more interesting. Is, but that's more like what makes top five things you like from war games. <laughs> yeah. All right, maybe maybe we'll do that <laughs> <laughs> in some future thing. All right, but before that, we got to go and talk about the number one thing that turns you away from a war game? The, the elephant in the room. Okay, you, you want to say it first, or are we going to try and say it at the same time? Sure. All right. <laughs> one, three, okay, three, two, one, bad models. <laughs> oh, you went bad and I went ugly. Ooh. Oh, basically the <laughs> <Damn>. same thing. <laughs> really and you said miniatures. Away. You said ugly miniatures. I said bad models. Yeah, but those are more interchangeable. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, yeah, number one, worst thing. We're both in agreement. Mm-hmm. Uh, ugly models or bad miniatures yep. is the number one thing. Like, the reason why we play this game is the miniatures. Oh, yeah. It's the hobby thing. And honestly, it's not even the actual war game portion, but it kind of is because, like, the reason why I want to play a war game versus a video game is because I get to put on these cool miniatures onto the, onto the tabletop. So if your models are ugly, I don't want to do it. You don't even want to paint them. You don't want to put them on the board. Like, yeah. You don't want to buy them to begin with too. Yeah. You don't even want to pick up the things. So you're, you're all the way down the chain. Every single time you see an ugly miniature, every single time you think about putting that on the table, it's like this negative feeling in the back of your head saying, why are you doing this? Oh my God, that's ugly. This is, yeah, so this- I mean, for, for your models, like if there, if there's a couple ugly things in the army, I may proxy them or convert them, mm-hmm. but then you've got to worry your opponent's going to show up with their ugly <laughs> army. Too. You're going to have to look true. at their ugly army. <laughs> yeah yeah so so there's like double bad kind of ideas that 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 can definitely negative negatively affect you um is there a specific game that you're like oh i want kind of wanted to try this out but i'm not that into the models and it's not even necessarily like super ugly models like if i don't if i just don't feel like i like the models that's enough right it doesn't even have to be bad but if it's bad, then I'm like, I don't even want to see you play the game as opposed to, as opposed to me picking it up. I don't know. The only reason I even look at Metro's games is usually because the Metro's look good. But I think, are you, are you saying that so games that have bad Metro's that I would otherwise consider playing? Yeah. 
So I think that the privateer press's new, what do they even call that thing? But not, it's not Warcaster. Warcast. Is it? it is Warcaster. Their so sci-fi game. I just didn't believe they could call it Warcaster when it sounds exactly like War Machine. This yeah. War Machine has Warcasters and they literally call it the same thing, which makes it's even less thing. sense now. Anyway, because yeah. people have said that has decent rules, but uh-huh. the models are such trash. Well, I've, seen, <laughs> I've seen some. They're, they're yeah. Tell they're me what the, you really feel. <laughs> they're thematic level, basically. I've seen people paint them better than their uh, yeah their studio uh-huh. paint scheme is just hot garbage there are some models that i find interesting but most of them are just like they're like worse war machine models well there's like mantic they look a lot like mantics mantic has gone up a level i think they're below mantic i think the thing well, with mantic about, is i'm not talking about mantic's fantasy i'm talking about mantic sci-fi stuff they're very oh, that's that's from their old level. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. They're, they yeah, down. so Mantic is literally like with their new fantasy Kings of War stuff. I think they've gone up a level. I've seen a lot of models that I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, they no, had this like sea oh, monster that was really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, their old stuff from I don't know five ten years ago was so chunky and ugly. Yeah, it just doesn't look like it can move. Yeah, like they, they've come up with their naval game and it's not like oh they're not super fancy models but mm-hmm. they're they're fun looking models so mm. but you're saying is privateer press has almost gone down a level oh for privateer press they went down level yeah they, they went somewhere between new mantic and old mantic on this one uh, and I, just, I won't even read the well i think i did read the rules but i just it doesn't matter mm. the game is just dead to be fair i do feel like a couple of those rules were a bit fiddly mm-hmm. but but you know, private press. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. So I I kind of agree. That's the, the the kind of game where I was like, oh, that's kind of cool, a sci-fi thing. And you look at War Machine; it was already already going more and more sci-fi. Um, and versions and whatever else. Yeah. yeah, but the problem is when when they went full sci-fi, they lost a lot of the magic because even the designs. So before it was like this quasi. I don't know, like Victorian sci-fi, right? Mm. Which is a kind of a, a neat kind of somewhere in between mix that made things interesting, right? But when they went full sci-fi, it felt like just generic, right? Everything became super generic. Whereas before, by throwing in that Victorian, throwing in that ornateness, it made it kind of more interesting, right? And it wasn't ornate in like the gothic whatever kind of way that uh, Warhammer 40,000 is. It was like its own kind of ornateness. And then the issue is when they went to their sci-fi version, it was just generic, bland, fantasy robot kind of guys, right? There's a couple of guys that are more inspired, but in general, just the designs were more boring, right? And then on top of that, like you said, the quality of the skulls were more like just kind of not good together yeah, yeah it just it, their art their their 2d art actually is still quite good quality but when you translate that to like like i said their designs were still more generic so even their 2d art could like even the fact that their artists are good i guess they're 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 uh what do you call it the rendering artists are good the designs were more boring 
So, so you know, you, your rendering artist can only do so much with what you have. And then when you translate it out to the, to the 3D sculpts, it just felt like lumpy. Yep. So now that I've played- And they started going more, I just wanted to throw something more in there into bad models. Uh, they started going more um, heroic scale. So people with big heads. Oh, that, yeah. And they, they were not like ever fully not heroic scale, but every once in a while they would release models that are less heroic scale, which are the ones that I loved because they were probably done by a contractor. <laughs> not their in-house. Yeah. And so, but then in now, like, I guess they're doing more in-house or whatever. And, and their, their scale that they want is that stupid heroic scale with giant head, pumpkin heads and ham hands. And I hate that, that look. It looks terrible. Even Games Workshop is moving away from that. Yeah, well, I was going to say another reason for me not wanting to play 40K is mm-hmm. just miniatures. Yeah. Like the, the big tank things are kind of cool, but the, once you've seen other other ranges, just like their Imperial Guard don't look as cool as other soldiers. Oh my God, because their heads are so big. The Space Marines, you're like, okay, this is all right, but it's just so basic. I feel like even like the Dark Elder, you're like, oh, well, they've made them a little more detailed over time. Mm-hmm. For for what their fluff is, they don't have a whole lot of detail going on with them, except like the very few individual models. Okay, yeah. that feels so. You're like saying the, you you wouldn't even do Dark Elder now. Well, it's just a letdown. Like when you know what mm. else is out there. You're like, oh, yeah. this, is a, this is a letdown. Plus, once you've seen what they've done with Age of Sigmar, yeah. where Age of Sigmar has so much flavor to their models. And more di- the people are more dynamic and stuff like that. Yeah. They are, I yeah. feel like that's just in time of sculpting it. And one of the reasons why is because they don't have as much of the, um, what do you call it? The, just a generic, um, what do you call it? Multi-pose kind of models. They're now the models to compete, I guess, and look with a lot of the other uh, sculpts, they're no longer doing multi-pose. And the problems with multi-pose is that you can have a whole bunch of people looking slightly different, but also very, very static. So in some ways, you're, you're trying to make your army look different, but they all start looking samey because, you know, if you have multi-pose and they're, they're not balls, ball and socket, or even if they are ball and socket, there's only so many poses you can do. And so... And it just it restricts the sculpting quality too, that if it's going to have ball and socket... Mm-hmm. You have to cut the detail down so it can move around. Yeah, that's right. So um, I do feel like I, I'm not super um, sold on the idea of like having no, uh, what do you, well, like, not, not no. I'm not, I, I don't mind having models that are less complicated, but I want them to look like they have movement and life. Whereas a lot of the, at least the older Games Workshop stuff felt more static. And I think they are getting better, honestly, with Games Workshop models. Uh, I think Games Workshop models are all moving in the right direction, mm-hmm. except for the price and the general game, which sucks. So. Oh, well. Yeah. No problem. I don't want to army that large anyways. Yeah. So, so, do you, so when you say like, okay, so this is, this is a thing where like, we really like Infinity for space miniatures, right? They are more detailed, but oftentimes they're not necessarily more 
complicated. No, like the amount of stuff on them. They don't have yeah stuff hanging off. (laughs) Yeah, they don't have like 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 what are what are those things? The purity seals hanging all over, and then chains in random places and shit like that. They care. Some of them have a lot of packs. Like yes, some of them have too many packs. Yeah, what are they like? uh, I don't know. Cable from uh, like Rob Leffield, Liefeld. Damn, I failed that. Failed that reference to. 90s comics yeah so yeah it's, it's not necessarily that you want when we say detail you don't mean more just stuff you mean yeah. like attention to detail yes like things so being unfortunate things looking like gravity's actually working on them properly like mm-hmm. fabric flowing how it would really In a flow reasonable way their face is not just like almost like copied from the normal 2D or the 3D render from the, the basic model. They actually, some people have slightly different noses or when they, they're, they're yelling, their cheeks and their skin uh, change and warp in the, right, in the right way as opposed to just feeling like Having you just drag that render down, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. so that, that's what we mean by details. So this, it's the small things. It's, it, we don't mean like, Tons of chains and bags and baggies and stuff like that. Yeah, it's not like Chaos Marines are automatically better than... <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Although, Chaos Marines are better than normal Space Marines. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, I think so. Um, for so, me, for yeah. me, the biggest thing is proportions. And, and, and this is an attention to de- detail thing, right? Like the, the giant heads and hands uh, are things that really, really piss me off and make me really not like things. Um, I, d- I am more likely to buy uh, Games Workshop miniatures and stuff than you, I think. Um, but I do have to pick and choose to make sure that I'm not buying things with too big heads and hands, especially when they're humans. This is one of those things that like Frostgrave in some ways is really good at, but also really bad at because Frostgrave, because it's miniatures agnostic, you just pick up the models that, that work for you. Right. Yeah. And and some, so, people, some people like playing with the heroic scale things and I give them hell over it. <laughs> and other people just like playing with beasts and that's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's a monster. Cool. I can't say anything. Yep. But I demand playing with things that have some sort of sense of proportion. Yeah. And, and so it's one of the things that, that uh, turns me away from the, what, the North Star miniatures. Uh, even though I, I like the general design of the North Star miniatures, the, the, their proportions are just so messed up in terms of being modeling a real person that I can't pick up a box of that. No, It just that's... bugs me so much. It just, I just can't. Yeah, even the, though whole, I like... the whole build your own, like, whichever weapons you want seems really cool to me. Mm-hmm. But... Not if the head is giant and the hands are giant and the body is disproportionate. The head is malformed, so the eyes are like too what are they generally too high? Yeah, so I think that's maybe where you would differentiate ugly from bad because maybe they look good, but they're just like wrong. They're just bad. they're just wrong. <laughs> it's bad because it's wrong. wrong. I don't know. I feel like that goes hand in hand. It does make them ugly because they're I like some ugly miniatures. The model's supposed to be ugly. Like I, I, my, one of my favorite type of miniatures is old woman miniatures. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't know, you could say they're not actually ugly because they're kind of just really interesting looking when you have all the lines and stuff like that. And of course, the old woman miniature is not just going to be like a refined old lady. She's going to be like a twisted old witch with like an interesting hunch and everything like that and, and gnarled hands. It just looks so interesting and cool. So maybe that's not actually ugly. Yeah, no, that's, that's totally, that is my witch leader. Sorry. Go again? Oh, that the the old witch who's all hunched over gnarled will be the leader of my my upcoming Frostgrave band. You've seen her. You have you you don't mean the old witch old witch though, right? No, from Cricks in War Machine. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I got confused. All right. I you didn't see her because I didn't bust her out. I, I played think the, I saw an old witch. Nope. I guess I played the young witches against you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll see when it comes out. Got to save her for when it's the real version that we're gonna play a campaign with, not just you know a one off. In the after times, we'll see if we ever even make it. Who knows what's gonna happen at the end of this year? So, mm-hmm. all right. Well, I think, uh, yeah, that was number one bad model. So let's go through uh, one more time. Top five things that turn you away from board game. So my number five was uh, the game is too big. Your number five was? No one plays it. Number four was the game is too fiddly. And your number four was? It's overly expensive, like regular troops. Uh, number three for me was an unbalanced game. And your number three was? Plain high model count. Nine, number two was a bad or toxic community. And mine was? two simple rules and our number one was basically the same bad models or ugly miniatures that's the yeah, one so, you said so right? not the good the bad and the ugly just the bad <laughs> and the ugly yeah good is fine mm-hmm. all right so that was our top five things that uh, turn us away from war games um if you have things that really piss you off mm-hmm. um Come and tell us. Tell us what you hate. We love gushing about our hatred. <laughs> we we mostly left people out of this one. We we kept <laughs> we kept it in game, you know. Mostly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mostly, yeah. We we did call out a couple of games, um, and, and it, to be fair, their game the, the games we called out were were not even the games that there were games that we used to like and then drove us away because of some of these issues. So, yep, yep. So if you have other games or, or things or issues, come and uh, hit us up. Yep, find us, find us on Facebook or easiest way. Yep. All right. This has been Alan. Yeah, it's been Brandon. Okay, done. We're at the end. If you want to uh, reach out to us, you can find us on Facebook at Dice Over Everything. Uh, join our group at Dice Over Everything group, or you can email us at contact at diceovereverything.com. Yeah, and if you want to see what we're working on, you can go to diceovereverything.com. So, yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening. Bye.